Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So glad you're here. So we're working through Mark Allen's book, The Greatest Secret of All, Last week, you might remember, we talked about the idea of having a good vision of what your life might be like, say, in five, ten years out there. That that picture, he calls it the the perfect scene for your lives, that full-blown, articulated vision of what your life might be like in five or ten years. And then he talked about some of the specifics about it, how, how you'd feel in it, not just a, an idea of it, but really really getting that sense of I'm living that life, that life is me. What would it look like? What would it feel like? How would I feel in it? The idea, of course, in terms of Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, what he would have called a mental equivalent, having a rich mental equivalent of the life that you choose to have. And you'll remember last week we talked about some of the the spiritual tools that you might use for for getting that clearer vision. And we went over the idea of journaling, what that life might be like. We talked about visualizing it. We went through an exercise of visioning of what that life might be like. I'll be doing the treasure mapping workshop. That's another visual way of capturing that image. These are all available to us, and I did assign just the titch of homework. The homework was perhaps to use one of those methodologies for literally capturing that vision of your future self in all of its glory. Well, today we're going to drive further into that using what he calls the law of manifestation. But before we get there, I want to make sure that this is your vision. And what I mean by that, there's always a danger when we're looking into the future using our creativity, using our inspiration and our intuition, there's always the danger that we're actually creating someone else's vision. And by that, I mean, are we possibly recreating what Madison Avenue would say our future would be like? Are we possibly imagining what simply has been set up as the right lifestyle through us watching television and us participating in the world? Are we falling back on ideas of marriage from our parents? Are we falling back on the idea of what a good mother or a good father, a good husband, what some of those pictures that came to us in childhood? So basically I'm asking, what is it that you really want? What is it that you really want? And so I've asked a, a friend of mine that we don't get to see very often. Come on up, Joette. So, so Joette's been a member for how many years? Like 12 years? Uh, but she's also our Vagabond member. And I, and I asked her if she'd be willing to play God with me today. And I, and I <laughs> oh, let's even get you a God microphone so that you can sound all powerful. All powerful. Thank you. <laughs> so, so my idea is with a friend or someone that you trust, playing God in a sense, we can see if our vision of the future actually sounds true. And so one of the thoughts that I've had for myself for a long time, and and actually you exemplify this in some way because you're so well-traveled, I was looking over my bucket list the other day, and there were so many places on it that I have never been, I mean literally my bucket list has maybe 
maybe 20 or 30 things that would look like travel is involved. And so one of my goals for the future, one of my visions for five years out, uh, is becoming a world traveler. And so here is Joette being God. What do you really want? Now, see, there's the question. I mean, I... I <laughs> Thank you, God. I, I mean, I have these visions of, of, why, of going to Machu Picchu. I have these visions of going to Venice. And, and, and there's some imperative. I mean, Venice may not even be around that much longer with rising sea levels. So, so I got to say is, you know, I really feel like I, I want to experience these different cultures. I got to get to some of these places. What experience do you want to have? Well, the experience, I think, is connecting with people. The experience is seeing places that don't have a Burger King or a Starbucks on every corner. At least I hope they don't. What do you really want? Well, what I, that's a good question. I think what I really want from that experience is that greater sense of being plugged in with other people in a way. I mean, it is about the places, I guess. I mean, it would be nice to see the Notre Dame Cathedral. It would be nice to see Machu Picchu. But, but part of it is beyond that. Part of it is really being part of the culture or really understanding different people in the world. What experience do you want to have? So let's go a little deeper. The experience of that I think would illustrate in a way that not only am I not alone in the world, but that we're all here for each other, that there's something beyond sightseeing. There's something that's almost an inward process of seeing that we're all the same. I think that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> so you'll see the... The idea here was to go beyond what might have seemed like a series of bucket list items, like I need to go to these places. And the true desire behind it, what I really wanted, was that sense of connection and that sense of commitment to the world. That's not on my bucket list. And yet that is more of what I want to experience in the world. I don't know how you can get to that from some of our dreams of the future other than something, an exercise like that where you iteratively go deeper into your <laughs> desires, understanding what's at the basis of it. Now, does that mean I don't have to go on trips anymore? Right? I don't have to become that world traveler? Well, it does mean that. Now, it doesn't mean that I won't do some of those trips, right? Those are still places I want to see. But what a difference it will make understanding that what I want to get out of it is that closer walk with other people, that understanding that we are all unified by something more than just the location and just the culture, that really there's something that connects us all together. So a very different way of looking at it. Before we do the next step, and, and I'm unleashing a little bit of your homework on you already, would be to do that kind of a truth test. So you have that glorious vision out there in five or 10 years of, of how your life, how it could be so cool, do an exercise like Joetta and I just did to see if that's all of it, or if there's something in there that can be accomplished maybe right where you are, right with your own abilities, not even requiring uh, leaving your own home. 
let's make sure that the experience you want to have from those goals is also part of the goals as well. So I've mentioned the G word, the goal word, and this chapter of the book is all about goal setting. And so I have a joke for you about goal setting. So when John returned home from the university for a vacation, he spotted a note on the refrigerator door in his mother's handwriting. She had written some goals down that she wanted to accomplish. Start pottery class in September. Join a running club this week. Well, seeing an opportunity, John, in his own adding, wrote down, wash John's clothes and make his favorite dinner. Well, the following day, his sister noticed that that had been done. She added one to the mother's list, allow Susan to stay up later during the week. And finally, more as a joke than anything else, the father added, buy Martin season tickets to the Blazers. (laughs) Well, finally, mom noticed what was going on on the note on the refrigerator, and she added one more item, move away from the family by Thursday. (laughs) And so my question for you is, how good are you at actually setting goals? So we have this giant vision of of where we want to be, how we want to be, what our life could be out in the future. The way to achieve it, of course, is through setting some goals. And the goal just can't be, I want to live the way I want to live in five years, right? There, there needs to be a little more granularity than that to it. Otherwise, in five years, you'll be one of those self-fulfilling prophecies, but nothing really will have changed. It'll just be you five years later. So the suggestion for making goals, first of all, is he says, write them all down. Have pages of them if you'd like, but try to get some granularity around how you see yourself in the future. So if it involves a relationship, write down a few goals around that relationship. If it involves a new job, talk about some of the goals, the characteristics of that new job. If it has to do with education, write down your goals for increasing your education or participating in world events or whatever it is, whatever that's different you see about yourself in five years. Write down exhaustively, if you like, come up with a few hundred different goals that might be stepping stones to that achievement. Now, of course, you don't need to have a a couple hundred, even just five or six will start moving you in the right direction. But what makes a good goal? I, I did some homework for you, and in your programs, there's a little guide on the spiritual practice of goal setting. So you don't need to take notes. You'll have this to take home with you. But the suggestion is to make SMART goals. And what I mean by SMART goals is that they're specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time-bound. And let me go through those so you'll, you'll have a good idea of how to create a SMART goal. First of all, specific means that it's clearly defined, that you actually would be able to tell whether you're achieving that goal or not. So just the goal of I'll be happy in five years, probably not specific enough. What would that happiness be like? How would you know whether you had reached a new level of happiness, right? So a little more specifics around that. Also, the goal needs to be measurable. You need to know when it's done. Just to be happier, well, you're never done with that, right? Uh, So you want some kind of a goal that can be measurable, and ideally measurable along the way, too. Not just one of those on or off switches, I achieved it or I didn't achieve it, but something that you could measure along the way. It does need to be attainable. Have you ever had that experience of wishing for something 
And immediately a little voice in the back of your head says, well, that's never going to happen. You know, you have a dream of something pretty big, and almost immediately something in the back of your head, or maybe a voice from a, a parent or a loved one, you can hear them speaking in your ear, but wait a minute, that's never going to happen. No one in my family's ever been to college. No one in my family has ever owned their own house. No one like me is apt to be able to run for office. The, all the little voices of not good enough, not having enough, not being enough will, will tend to come up. And for one of these goals to work, you do actually have to recognize in your own heart that it's obtainable. So if the goal just seems insurmountable, time to refresh your goal. Try to actually claim something, maybe short of that end vision, but still in alignment with it, something that if you attained it, that would be seen as a stepping stone toward that end vision. But you do need a goal that you can see in your own mind. This is attainable with the right help, with the right finances, with God working on my side as co-creator, I can achieve this. Ideally, it's relevant to your mission, too. Now, oftentimes, we'll have goals that are just about the busyness of life, and I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but I want us to focus on goals that will actually help us achieve that vision. So it has to have a personal meaning to you. And then finally, the idea of being time-bound, the idea of being able to track your results uh, using time is important. And I'll, I'll use a, a, an example of that one. In fact, one of, the, one of the ones, the very first one on the handout you have is complete my degree by summer of 2022. Well, the trouble with that one, it, it's not, you might say, well, it does have 2022 on there as an end date. That's trackable. That's time bound. But do you notice there's nothing in between now when I haven't even applied for admissions to school <laughs> and graduating in three years. That's not really very trackable, right? And so that's an example of when you might want to break into pieces. You might want to have two or three goals. One goal might be to apply to the university, talk to one of the advisors there, and work on making sure that your credits are transferable and those kinds of things. So that might be a goal, a second goal would be to declare your major, get enrolled in your first term and so on. The idea being you'll maybe have a set of goals that will help lead you forward. So you don't want to just have a goal of being retired in 10 years. It's like, well, okay, are there steps you need to make sure that your finances will be in order in 10 years so that you'll feel good about retiring? If you're a, a small business owner, do you have a succession plan for selling the business or turning it over to your kids? All kinds of things are involved in some of those big picture goals that you have out there. They're all great ideas, but let's make sure we have some actual slices of the goal uh, that can be worked on one at a time. The reason we're doing this, of course, is to activate the law of manifestation. So let me read from the book. Maybe some of you are thinking it can't be that simple. Or maybe you've heard it all before and there's nothing new in it. And that's true. There is nothing new in this process. You probably have heard it before. It is simple. These steps set your course. Great success is the result of a great many small steps, all moving towards a clearly defined goal. That 
is the secret of manifestation. So it's that ability to break sometimes what might seem like a large, uh, insurmountable quest for a certain level of freedom, a certain level of love, a certain level of abundance, that idea of yourself five years out, the secret to the law of abundance is breaking it into small digestible goals. Goals that on a day-to-day basis you can look at and move forward a little bit in, where you can measure your progress, where you can really enlist some of the spiritual tools we have uh, to bring that goal into particular focus. And we'll be talking more about some of those tools next week. But first, you have to have that overall framework of what it is you want to do in steps that are reasonably small. So some sample goals. Let's uh, put some goals uh, that I had for myself to the test and and see if they measure up. Well, we talked about the one I had in the worksheet here, complete my degree by summer of 22. We probably want to break that into smaller pieces. We probably want to have an initial goal of getting set up in school, of making sure credits can move forward and so on. Then probably another goal uh, around the idea of starting classes, study habits, and so on in order to be successful. I had another goal, though. Uh, Many of you know I'm a novelist, and and, and I think my books are even still for sale in the uh, bookstore there. So I've been a little slow, though, on finishing my trilogy. And so one of the goals I wrote down earlier this year, I will write for at least an hour, three to four days per week, and complete my novel within six months. Now, notice how it's not just the end result of completing my novel in six months. If it were that easy, I probably would have already completed it, right? And so I made sure I put the steps in there. I will write for at least an hour, three to four days per week as part of it. Make sense? So it it meets all of those SMART goals. Um, The next one... You know, Daniel and I have been working on, well, we have a beautiful yard, but one area that's not is out on the street. We don't have a lot of curb appeal, at least on our our empty lot. And so it's built up on a terrace and it's really hard to plant things on it. So we've been thinking about getting landscaping done and maybe some hardscaping done for us. And so I, I wrote this one. I will get three or more bids on having the landscaping done and see samples of everyone's work prior to November 15th. Makes sense? So it's not just we're going to hire a landscaper, but I want to get three bids. I want to make sure I'm getting good value for my money. And perhaps more importantly, I want to see samples of their work. I want to see that what they have done for other people is similar to what we would want in our own yard. So this is the idea of doing SMART goals. It's, it's making sure that the steps of how we might work on it are embedded in the goal itself. So today we've identified the spiritual law of manifestation as a series of mental and physical steps that move towards a clearly defined vision. Last week we talked about the vision. This week we started talking about those small steps towards the vision through the idea of the spiritual practice of setting goals. And next week we're going to add on that. We've learned how to check and make sure the vision is one that we really want, right? Uh, Feel free to enlist a friend to play God with you and, uh, and go through that process. Just make sure you haven't come up with someone else's vision for your future. 
So we take the vision of the future, our dream of life, we break it into a series of goals. Uh, we learned about SMART goals. That's a nice way of making sure that your goals are measurable and obtainable. And the author of the book recommends that we take the most important of the goals. So remember I mentioned you could come up with a few hundred goals if you want. Well, we're going to discover next week that it is the goals that we apply focus to that are going to enlist this law of manifestation most closely. So already, if you're, you're coming up with uh, maybe 100 goals, be thinking in the back of your head. It's a good exercise, don't get me wrong. And you'll get to them all eventually, but be thinking of maybe the top five or six. Ask yourself the question of all of these goals, which of the maybe 100 that you might come up with would drive me closer to that end vision of how I see my life in five years. If I was going to work on five or six goals to begin with and really be assured that those goals will invoke the law of manifestation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce those particular goals in the world, which five or six might make the most difference? And you'll, you'll see next week why that's important. All right. Well, I have a reading for you. We've already talked about your homework, right? So you're going to take the vision you had last week. You're going to move that into a set of goals. As many goals as you like, but maybe highlight five or six of them that are the most important to you. So I'm going to close with a reading and a prayer. The law of manifestation is the miraculous law through which everything has been created and will be created. The exact ways this law operates to apparently create something out of nothing must remain a great secret. But regular people, even you and me, can easily apply this simple law in our lives. We are powerfully creative beings. When we focus our conscious mind on a goal, our limitless subconscious mind gets to work we will be shown step by step how to reach that goal. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life and one love. There is only this one container of beauty and joy, of wholeness, of harmony. Only this one thing I call God. What I know about God is that it is present in my life, moving through me and as me and with me always. And as I focus on my goals, as I create those goals out of my vision for the future, I know that God is enlisted to help through this law of manifestation. As it is true for me, I know without question that it is true for everyone that each of us has that co-creative power that when we enlist spirit itself through the formation of our vision and through, through some more concrete goals, Truly, progress is made. The law of manifestation is, is called into an action, and our lives simply move towards that vision of the future. And so for this, I give great thanks. Thanks for the awareness. Thanks for the use of this spiritual law. And I release my prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, yes. and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 
Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.